Okay, this man is our representative in the world of reggae. And no disrespect to the Donna Raja Apache Indian who we'll be talking about, but Sasi the Don has taken yeah. his Tamil roots, combined it with some great Caribbean flavor, and uh, is creating waves. The Malaysian is on a, this wonderful call with me, and over the course of uh, the next half an hour, we're going to find out more about him. Great to see you. How are you doing? And I love your dreadlocks. How old were you yes, when you got yeah. that? Is that a recent thing, or did that happen uh, uh, when you were growing eight, up? Eight years ago. Eight uh, years ago. Oh, no, no, no. So basically, I mean, I discovered reggae music first. This All this came later on in life. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've been having my dreads for eight years now. And uh, I, I, feel, I believe that it's a very important, it just completes you as a reggae artist is trying to make a statement, you know. And I do honor it, you know, as many Rastas around the world and all the dreadlock Rastas around the world. And I do cherish the reasons and the philosophy behind the dreads. So it really matters to me. So until now, eight years, it's uh, uh, sitting strong, <laughs> growing longer and longer. And you yeah. know, Rohan Mali, who's uh, the great Bob's son, yeah. uh, Rohan visits India often and he was on my show and he was saying, man, no matter what you do, you have to visit Jamaica. You have to visit the house of the great Bob Marley. You have yeah. to soak in that particular flavor. So I know that you've collaborated with artists in the Caribbean, Maxi Priest, the legend, for example, but have you done yeah. the whole pilgrimage, which is going to Bob Marley's house, hang around yeah. the area, soak in the flavor? Okay, to be honest, I wanted to go this year. I've been planning this since last year. You know, everything was ready, mindset, this album, go and record a couple of songs in Tough and Gong Studios. I had all that plans going on in my mind and then Finally, when the pandemic hit in March, I thought it was a temporary thing. I didn't know it's going to be all the day till today, you know. So everything has changed and I would have left. But the problem is if I come back to Malaysia, I've got to get quarantined for two weeks. Sure. So that's a bit of a trouble. So I told myself, it's okay. I'll wait. I'll do this album first. I mean, you know, Jamaica on the side, it's only on the other corner. So we will take a visit. The My privilege is very important. As you said, I want to visit everything, you know, from Bob Mali's house to his grave, to the Blue Mountains and the studio. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a lot to do, a lot to do in Jamaica. For a Tamil boy who's growing up in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia were you exposed to Carnatic music South Indian music Tamil film music and then eventually Bollywood and when did reggae come in when you were a kid growing up okay Tamil music has always been part of my bring up my childhood you know everyone speaks Tamil at home and you know they speak Tamil they speak English so Tamil movies and Tamil soundtrack always started from the 80s in my life you know from big hits of Ilya Raja and then you you know then until the, the King A.R. Rahman came in and blew my mind away I was like finally finally something different from every day I'm listening to my parents listening to these old songs and old wives you know I just couldn't wipe in until Roja came out everything changed I had faith you know Tamil music was like an old new level and then uh, of course yeah Rahman in the 90s when he, when he came in it was a great entry because it was the age where I was 12 and I was discovering as much as I can when it came to music so at that early age I discovered Dr. Alban then two years later Apache Indian came out in 93 you know and I was actually thinking back you know sometimes when people ask me this question I look back I was actually very lucky because many of the artists in the 90s Shaggy Diana King Inner Circle all these great superstars were very consistent which means in the 90s you had like hip hop music you had that consistency when you spoke about R&B you had that consistency and then reggae came out and I was as you say I was blown away I was so captured by the whole idea where 
where Dr. Alban came from, who is a Nigerian, and blew up in Sweden. And then Apache Indian had to just sign off everything by coming from the UK and, and with his song, number one in another, Bombay Chad. Listen for the people I don't want to follow me. We used to listen to this kind of songs and, and it was the only way for us to discover the world we live in. You know, they spoke about culture, they spoke about everything that mattered at the time. We didn't have Google, we didn't have internet. You know, neither did the TV give us much information for our time. You know, so music really caught my interest and after some time I discovered it was reggae, you know, and as I told you earlier, Tamil, Bollywood is big in Malaysia. You know, if Hollywood has a second home, it'll be Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's come now to Humpty Dumpty. I mean, yeah. you played me a sneak peek and, uh, you know, people around the world are going to be listening to this. And you also have an album called The Second Wave, which is My going Second to be coming Wave. out. My Second yeah. Wave, which is going yeah. to come out subsequently. So first the single release and that. This is a proper yeah. English language song. Is the inspiration that wonderful children's nursery rhyme Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall? Because you've got a seven-year-old and you know that mm. little daughters are always daddy's girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. See, the whole idea about Humpty Dumpty is because when you look at the actual nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's men and everyone came to put Humpty Dumpty back again, but they couldn't put him back again. And they left it like that. So I felt that Humpty Dumpty is so underrated, just like any other human being in this world that we live in today. You know, everyone is, you know, we, we underrate people, we underestimate people's capacity. You know, we don't full-heartedly help someone. If the king's men wanted to really help Humpty, they could have got him back on the wall. Probably right. they were just not too serious about, you know, because he was just like, you know, just another guy sitting on the wall. So what I realize I wish it well you know of course as you said with our kids around you know we have that cycle in life where doing all the adult stuff and then having a kid it brings you back as a child you know it just kicked me to realize oh my god umpty dumpty so I felt during this pandemic a lot of people in the world has been on top of the wall businesses corporations CEOs you know name it big organizations celebrities everyone and all of a sudden everyone fell on the floor everyone had a great fall you know some crushed couldn't even climb back and you know and but people are trying you know you have pilots around the world who are losing their jobs and you know they all find an alternate way to do something with life so what i did was i took humpty dumpty the story and i decided to make music the remedy for humpty you know so humpty didn't have to depend on people you know why you know when people say when you listen to the right song it means that you have the right soundtrack for your life you know everybody has the soundtrack the anthem right so humpty dumpty in my song he loved dancehall music he listened to all sorts of dancehall music you know and that got him back on the top again you know people didn't have to help him so I believe that in times of these days people have to look out for one another you know like you know your neighbor your brother your sister your, your whoever around your life it's very important in this new world people start looking out for each other you get me and that's the whole story about Humpty Dumpty it's about the magic in life is all in our hands and in our imagination that's very beautiful Beautiful put. Yeah. Now, this kid who's collaborating with you on Humpty Dumpty, he had a bit of a fan moment. I leave you to tell the story of how you found him and what really happened. Okay. So, in June, I released a song for Father's Day called Daddy Don. And uh, upon releasing that song, I did a rap challenge on Instagram calling out the fans. So, you know, I even had some nice entries from boys in Chennai and Bombay too, you know. And uh, But this guy, this particular Eli, he's 24 years old and uh, he wrote, he submitted his entry. To be very honest, the first time when I heard him, I couldn't believe 
myself because this guy sounded like Snoop Dogg. Oh, wow. And then he put this animated video of like a wolf and he did not show me his face. So I don't know how he looks. So when he submitted the video, all his pictures in his profile were just like some form of animal, you know, little characters. And that's all he had on his Instagram. So he was very mysterious, which is something that caught my attention. I wrote to this guy after, you know, when the, the contest was over and he gave me his number and I actually called him. No, no, actually I got his number through somebody because I wrote to him, he didn't reply. And then I called him. That was the funny part. I called him and I said, my brother, it's Sassy the Dawn here. And he was like, you must be kidding me. <laughs> I said, I'm real. You know, I said, why do you, why are you so mysterious on your Instagram? They said, no, bro, you know, I, I don't look good. You know, I'm, I'm just this ordinary Indian boy. And, you know, very simple. I, my brother, I told him, you've got talent that is going to blow up, man, you know? And uh, so I told him, you know what? I want you to come and do something with me. Come into the studio. And I'm going to do this song called Humpty Dumpty. And probably it'll be a door opener for you. You know, and I think you totally deserve it. So that's how we all got into the whole perspective. And he came to the studio and he did well. I put him on the music video and uh, we have a nice video coming out. And I'm sure your daughters are going to love it too. Awesome. I want you to sing a couple of lines for us, please. Give us a sneak peek before we actually... Humpty Dumpty. Okay, sure. So Humpty Dumpty, the chorus goes like this. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Humpty Dumpty was a fan of dance all Humpty Dumpty rise above all pick up the man from the car now even if Santa living in the area yes me brother together we can prosper taking it higher getting it greater all my brethren come and wind up with me hey yeah all my sisters come and wind up with me hey yeah all my daddies come and wind up with me hey yeah all my mommies come and wind up with me awesome you guys it must also have been a big honor for you to be nominated for the Caribbean Afro Music Awards. Oh, that was a shock. Was because, a you know, this is a region that loves its dancehall, its reggae, its soca, yeah. you know, such a rich fountain of music that comes out of the Caribbean. And here are you, Asian ambassador for reggae music, nominated yeah. for that. Tell me how only you feel. Asia, only Asian nominated in it. Wow, wow. Yeah, essentially what happened was as I was busy filming the video, I think it was three days before filming the video, I got an email from them. And then, you know, sometimes people spam you with, with emails and you never know these days what is real, what is fake, right? But this didn't go to my spam this came to my inbox so i clicked on it they said congratulations we are from this organization and we organize these awards in the uk every two years once or something like that i was like okay and say so we would like to congratulate you that we are nominating you in one of the international artists category and if you accept the nomination click on the link below it was just a button it was not a link so i clicked on it and then after one hour i got this email you know like all the prospects what happens and what is this awards is about and then I saw my nomination list of my category. I got shocked. There is Julian Mali. There's Elba Rossi. You know, there's uh, Million Styles. So these are big artists, you know, in, when it comes to Caribbean, African music, especially Caribbean and African influenced music. So I felt a bit of an honor. I thought, you know, I'm not doing this just for me, but to also represent my grassroots, where I come from. You know, I've got great friends in India who represent reggae music, like the Reggae Rajas and uh, what you got these boys from the Dharavi, Tony and, you know, all these cool cats, you know. I know all these guys. I'm very close to them. So in a way, it's about representing 
representing Asia, you know, and uh, being able to celebrate it with rest of the world, you know, in the genre of music that is that was once alien to me, but today it's family to me. Beautifully put. Yeah. Why do you call the album the second wave? Is there a reason for that? And give us a sneak peek into the other tracks in the album. Other, uh, you just talked okay. about Humpty Dumpty, but the other stuff that will feature on it. Okay, so the album is actually called My Second Wave. Initially, I wanted to call it the second wave, and then I found it because of the COVID. Now it's going third wave, fourth wave, five wave, fifth wave. All flying. So I decided to, you know, to take a step back. I thought about it. It's my second wave because I believe that in my first wave in the music business, I struggled in an era when there was no internet. Yep. When we all started with what dialing dial-up internet, and then we went into friends, uh, friendster to MySpace. You know, everything was just evolving at that moment. And then over the time, you know, I was able to record my albums. I've got five albums in my first wave, which was across twenty years. And in two decades, I've collaborated with Apache Indian. I've collaborated with Dr. Alban. I've collaborated with Maxi Priest. I was the opening act for Shaggy, Dinah King, Jay Sean, Bali Sangu. Uh, who else? I can't. So many of them. Inner Circle. I was opening act for all these people when they came to Malaysia. And to me, I felt I was very honored at the time. You know, people appreciated what I did. But today's world has changed. No doubt, you have social media. You know, a big. You know, people are always talking about oh, the talented people, the good ones are the ones with the million followers. You know, especially in my country. I mean, some people deserve the million followers because you know, like when you look into India, Yo Yo Honey Singh and you got Bacha and all these good artists. You know, who deserve it. They deserve it. Bollywood stars, they deserve it. But when you come to, you know, like in certain part of Asia, in my part of the world, you know, people are just liking you because probably you, you know, you're the 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kid. Oh, they're so cute. They're so good looking. Oh, you're so pretty. You know, and the whole idea about talent and music, it's there, but it's going out of path, right? So what I decided was to create this important awareness in my second wave, is which is to open doors for talented people. You know, in my second wave here, I, it's not about Sassy the Dawn, you know, being the champion. But I want to be champion with people that I can build together. And I think this is something that a lot of people fail to do in today's world. You know, when I look at artists like Yo-Yo Honey Singh, I really respect him. He does a lot for a lot of young artists. He features young people, you know, and there's a lot of things we can learn from these people. And I believe that also now in my second wave, the kind of songs I've put in there. So I've got a song called Jani Jana, which is a Hindi track, which I featured Abhijit Sawant, which is uh, India's first idol. Yep. Okay. And uh, he's been a good friend of mine since the last three years when he came to Malaysia two years ago. I met with his team. I took them out. We hanged out. Great people, you know, and I really love them. And we ended up doing a song for this new album. Then I've got a song called Come Follow Me because I think a lot of people these days have fallen into the dark side of life. You know, people are thinking about giving up. People give up in such way that, you know, people want to commit suicide. People want to run away from their families. People want to walk away from responsibilities, which I believe it's very wrong. You know, you see, it's all part of puzzle in life. What is happening today? You can see the governments are trying to help the people. The governments who never gave money to people before this are now saying, come, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you something, subsidize this, subsidize tax. So there's a lot of things happening in the world today. So I have a song called Come Follow Me for that. And that song is produced in Sweden. The same guy who produces for Dr. Alban produced this track with me. So we were working on Zoom and talking nights and mornings and days and nights. So that happened. Then I've got a very, very interesting song called Reggae Exchange. Now, Reggae Exchange is a song about, you know, like, you know how you have the foreign exchange and the stock exchange. Mm -hmm. So this is Reggae Exchange, which is... 
Reggae is a currency and this is the exchange between Asia and the heartland of reggae music Jamaica. Wow. So I have a collaboration with a Jamaican artist which I want to keep it a bit of a surprise even from you and uh, the, the whole song is produced and done live by musicians in Jamaica. Cool. You know, I actually answered his search. You know, I can't give up, right? Neither I can say, no, I can't do this. So I decided to take the option. I mean, technology is an option today. You know, we can't say that we can't do anything. You know, everything is there. So I got that done. And then, of course, the interesting thing, I've got a remix of my song with Apache Indian. Ah. I've got a remix of my song with Maxi Priest. All new remixes. And then, so I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got a song called Secrets. Secrets is a song about, I believe that a lot of us, men or women, we go to sleep with a lot of secrets in our mind sure. within our soul right and sometimes these secrets are beyond our control you know and but it's all there in part of completing who we are so it's a song about that you know and uh, that's about it I think that it's quite nice I've got about nine tracks in the entire album and that also includes my song with Anuradha Sriram which I released in 2018 so I will be putting it in this album the song ABC. called ABCD yeah then I've got my song Daddy Don which I released for Father's Day I've got a bunch version so this was remixed by a uh, dj nick from malaysia so malaysia has got a very big punjabi bangra music scene you know there's a lot of nightclubs and djs and producers who are here in malaysia and they, i know it's it's time that people like me also start exposing them to the real world you know as i said my second wave is not about me but it's about the family and community that i can create and bring them with me you know and i think everybody deserves an opportunity that's beautiful hey, you worked with the legendary maxi priest i mean uh, i saw this in interesting video where he was playing cricket in Sri Lanka and you you were also there it must yeah. have been spectacular working with this wonderful man yeah okay so maxi priest i would say he's a very good brother until today i just spoke to him last week congratulated him on the grammy nomination you know he's he's nominated in the grammys so actually what happened so when i became friends with uh, maxi priest we recorded the song in london and then he had the opportunity to travel to sri lanka for one of the ipls you know one of the international playoffs that took place in Sri Lanka in 2015 if I'm not mistaken. So I was in KL and he called me like 6 days before leaving London to Sri Lanka. Assuming just because Malaysia is nearby and he said, "My brother, I'm coming to Sri Lanka." I was like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> I said that's very near, 2 and 1/2 hours away by flight. <laughs> and then he said, "Pack your bags and get here, man. Let's shoot the video. You know, let's shoot the video." I'm like, "Bro, that's 6 days from now and if we should film a video, you know, there's a lot to plan." you know and you know rishi i don't know how i did this you know it was like a nightmare at one point planning this and only when i arrived in sri lanka and i went to the hotel and i saw maxi priest the video shoot all this is actually going to be materializing and it took place and we went to some village in sri lanka and people were not very welcoming but it was also nice because they were like tamil community some village which was the tamil communities you know in our people really appreciated us being there so the idea of the cricket thing came because maxi priest was bored so he actually picked up this cricket stick from this kids and said come let's let's play something since the the guys are setting up and all that and then suddenly he had this idea he called my friend the director and said ravi i think we need to put this cricket scene in the music video you know <laughs> 
And then Ravi came to me and said, Bro, can you go and talk to Maxi Priest and tell him not to give us all the surprises? We are running out of time, you know, and this and that. And the weather looks cloudy, looks this, looks that. So there was a lot of challenges. But then I told him, listen, working with someone like Maxi Priest doesn't happen on a regular basis. You know? So if he has an idea, probably he has a point. So let's just make it happen. You know, you just have to move the camera and lights from there to here. Then he was like, Amada, so easy to bring from there to here. <laughs> And we got it done, you know, and it was a good experience and Maxi Priest enjoyed it. It was a good trip for him. And yeah, so that's the song you find on YouTube, Island Queen. Yeah, lovely. Anuradha Sriram is such a legend. You've done this wonderful song. Oh, wow. It must have been particularly fulfilling for you to go to Chennai in 2018 and, uh, you know, record in the studio as well as then film the video. So Anuradha Sriram, okay, to be very honest, the first time I became a singer, when I had the opportunity to perform in front of 8,000 people in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, the reason was because... I I was the opening act for Anuradha Sriram and Shankar Mahadevan's concert in Kuala Lumpur. Wow. So when I was the opening act at that time, I had the opportunity to meet Shankar Mahadevan. I had Shankar Mahadevan backstage and then I met Anuradha Sriram backstage. And you know, like she had that just a couple of years before that, a song called Chennai Girl that was, you know, an album called Chennai Girl that she put out a pop album that young age she always sang all the happening Tamil songs you know most of the Tamil songs that was happening and that was hot was Anuradha Sriram's voice and I fell in love with the voice until I met her to be very honest bro when I met her in Kuala Lumpur in 2001 backstage I never asked her for an email. I never asked her for a phone number because I felt it was disrespecting. I left it. The only thing I did was I took a picture with her and, I, and Shankar Mahadevan and I went back home. In 2010, when I came back to Chennai, I had to do a song with Harish Raghavindra for an album at that time. So when I recorded a song with Harish Raghavindra, from Chennai, I was going to go to Mumbai for the first time of, in my life. Why? I made some new friends and I was going to visit them. Okay. Okay. 1.08 billion population of India. Anuradha Sriram could have been in any corner of India. Right? Correct. I'm in Chennai airport. I'm Chennai airport. <laughs> Me and my producer navigator, we were just getting this hot tea from inside the airport in the waiting lounge, you know. And then we got the tea. We turned around. We were sitting on a chair and Navin goes like, bro, isn't that Anuradha Sriram? Oh, bro, it was Anuradha Sriram. <laughs> she was there. You see, you know, that's what like Apache Indian always tells me. Then things that are meant to happen will happen. Karma, no matter destiny. where you are in this world, you know. And she was there and I went up to her. The best part, she recognized me. She said, aren't you Shashi? She calls me Shashi. Yeah. I'm actually Sassi, but she calls me Shashi. And she said, aren't you Shashi who performed in, with me in Kuala Lumpur? I said, ma'am, you Akka. I said, I called Akka. Akka, you remember me? <laughs> He said, yes, how can I forget you? But that's been nine years. He said, that's not very long away, long time ago. She's telling me, I still remember songs that I sung when I was seven, eight years old. What wow. is so difficult to remember you, which was just nine years ago? I was like, okay, this is too happening. I can't beat her. But I did, okay, I got to go. I'm flying to Mumbai, Anglo for something. And, uh, and she gave me a phone number and the rest was history. And that's how it all happened. Lovely. Lovely. Let's sign off with uh, yeah. your memories of hanging with Dr. Alban. I mean, this is the man who gave us, it's my life. <laughs> and, you know, you're now working with his producer in Sweden. So this must be spectacular. Is he really a dentist? They always say Dr. Alban is a dentist who became a, a music artist. 
Okay, let me tell you a story about Dr. Alban. So, I mean, I already know his history and I'm like, I'm like a diehard fan, bro. Like, seriously, like, I can sing every song of his, word to word, you know, and we come from an era where we couldn't afford CDs. We only could buy cassettes and lyrics were always in CDs and they don't put them in cassettes, right? So, being able to connect so much, I think the universe just made this happen, made it possible. Dr. Alban is a dentist. I saw his, I, when I went there, I saw his clinic. It's called Alban. Alban Dentals, he has in Stockholm. Ah. And then he has one more in another place that is two hours away from Stockholm. I forgot the name of the city. So he right now, his nieces and families, you know, people doing locum. So his clinics are still running and uh, that is in practice. But Dr. Alban is in a different league all by itself. His music success since the 90s has made him such a prominent figure in Scandinavia. You know, like he's like close to the royalty of Sweden. Wow. He's close to like the prime minister and the ministers and the presidents of Scandinavia. You know, he's like on a different league. So when I went to Sweden to do the song with him, I was very nervous. Okay. And you know, this guy is like, he's a doctor. He's 50. And I grew up listening to him. You know, it's like any hip hop artist out there who would have met Tupac or Biggie, Dr. Dre, you know, this is how it meant. It meant everything went well. I stayed there for 10 days. I stayed in his house. Wow. Yeah, I stayed in his house. And remember I told you about Thomas who worked on my Come Follow Me song. So Thomas lives like 45 minutes in Stockholm from where Dr. Alban lives. So that studio there also belongs to Dr. Alban. So that's like beautiful. It's like in a, rain, a ranch with reindeers. Wow. And because I went towards end of the year filled with snow. So it was actually an awesome moment to be in Sweden at that time, you know. And so Dr. Alban was very supportive. At the same time, I was scared of him, man. This guy was so strict when he came to the studio. You know, one day, this was my second day at the studio, right? So first day was just about meet up, you know, get to know each chat, other. Understand the, the whole concept. You know, he's got to know me a bit more better. And I got to know him a lot. Like, whoa, this guy, you don't mess around with Dr. Alban, man. You know, the kind of guy. And so he said, tomorrow morning, we start at 8 a.m. sharp. Whoa. I've never heard a studio, any artist in the world <laughs> starts at 8 a.m. Yeah, you always pull all you night. You know what happened? <laughs> I woke up late. Yeah, I, I overslept. I, nobody came to wake me up. And I went down to the studio and uh, I saw Thomas sitting there. And he was meddling something with the computer and I asked him, Bro, why didn't anyone come and wake me up? I mean, like, you guys asked me to stay in the studio for some reason that I don't need to travel 45 minutes to come here. Oh, you know, bro, in Sweden, it's all about self-practice. You should, Dr. Alban is very strict about this. So since you came late, he said, we will just start tomorrow. He came and he left. I said, what? So he traveled 45 minutes to know that I'm sleeping, that I didn't wake up and he left. He said, yes, that's Dr. Alban for us. <laughs> I was like, then I got to know that this guy is, uh, you don't mess with him, you know. It's like you miss the train, you miss the train. So I lost one day of working with him. The next day, the third day, he was showing me attitude. You know, you you people, you know, you, this is the thing, you know. It's just like the, my, it's just like people in Africa, you guys are lazy. <laughs> I don't know. And I said, no, Dr. Osborne, you know, it's a jet lag. He said, come on, don't speak to me about jet lag. You know, you, 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 you know, how many people around the world travel to make great things happen? Jet lag is out of the story. And he talks very emotionally and very, uh, a bit of aggressiveness in a mix of freaks you out, you know. Then I said, okay, don't worry. I am 100%. I'm going to be sleeping in the studio. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> 
and then you ended up finishing so, yes, the song. That's, yeah, that's how it all happened. <laughs> Lovely, Sasi. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, mate. Seven days. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Best luck for yes, Humphrey. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Best of luck for my second wave and everything that you do. Cheers, mate. Keep the flag flying high and stay safe and healthy. Thank you so much, Radio One. Thank you, Rishi. Thank you, Radio One, for the love. And definitely, I look forward to Humpty Dumpty. You know, playing on your station and and you know and reaching out to all, you know to people out there in India. And uh, thank you for always supporting. You know, you guys are just amazing. Thank you so much.